0: Connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. We are continuing in this series called Change Thriving Through It. And so I, I want to encourage you, go ahead and grab the Word of God. Head over to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24. That's going to be our first stop this morning. If you have your device, you can open up uh, your um MVF Colorado app and go to the engage button. In there, you'll find message notes as well as the Bible. So, hopefully, you can use that to get more out of the message this morning. We've been in this series, as I said, for the last four weeks. This is the fourth week, and we've been talking about change. And and we said in that very first week, the problem with change is so often we find ourselves just kind of reeling from it. Uh, We weren't expecting it. We didn't see it coming. We didn't choose it. And so therefore, we're just trying to survive it. And we said in that very first week that we believe that God has a better plan for change as we go through it. And He wants us not just to survive it, but to thrive through it. And we, we said that Actually, uh, change can bring you two different things. It can bring you opportunity or it can bring you danger. And you have to know the difference between the two. That very first week, we talked about one of the greatest opportunities that we have through change. And one of them is the fact that when we are in the middle of change, we are more teachable than ever before. And we're willing to listen and, and God can get our attention in that moment. And we said that so often because we're teachable, God does some of his greatest work in the middle of change. And so we just need to, to lean into him a little bit more as we go through change. That second week, we talked about one of the biggest dangers that we see because of change. Uh, when change hits us, especially if it's something we weren't expecting, we find ourselves kind of rocked back on our heels, we're off balance, and many times when we're off balance, we're susceptible to the, uh, an attack from the enemy, we're susceptible to temptation, and, and we didn't say that, oh, you just have to fight the temptation, we asked the question, how do we maintain our balance? so that we're not susceptible to the temptation. So how do we maintain our balance and how do we stand strong in the middle of change and and stand strong? And so what we said is, all through Scripture, God has given us this promise over and over and over again that He's always with us, that He's never going to leave us, that He'll never forsake us. And so understanding that God is going to be with us all the way through this change, we can stand strong regardless of what happens in the middle of change. Uh, and then last week, we took a look at this idea that in the middle of change, so often God is actually using that to draw us closer to Him. Uh, he's doing that because He wants to transform us from the inside out, if we're just paying attention to what he's doing, we're going to see some just some internal changes take place that are going to affect every other area of our lives. And, and all of this has been amazing to me because in that very first week we established that there's not hardly any one of us that actually enjoys change. Like we're all, we're all um, no, I'll pass on that, let it go, it's uncomfortable, I don't want to go through change. And I think one of the reasons why we're afraid of change or why we don't like it is because we don't know what's on the other side of it. See, so often when we enter into change, we're afraid of the unknown. We, we don't know what tomorrow holds or, or how things are going to end or what the end result is going to be, and that causes us to hesitate as we enter into change. And, and that's very interesting for all of us in this room, because if we call ourselves disciples of Jesus Christ, or if we're Christ followers, we have to understand that this life of Christ, this life that we live as we walk with Christ, is all about change. It's linear like Jesus didn't come and die on the cross just so we could receive him and stay in the same place for the rest of our lives on earth. The idea is that we would continually grow to be more and more like him. It's just like our physical life. You're born, you're a baby, you're an infant, then you're a toddler, you're a preschooler, you're a teenager, and some of us, we've made it all the way to geriatrics, all right? So it's constantly growing, and this is, this is our life, but yet somehow we think that, that we're supposed to be freeze-framed in time, and that's not... That's not what God has done. That's not his design. He wants us to continue to change and continue to grow. Actually, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 says it this way. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. This life with Christ is not about staying in the same place and and being unchanged. It's about constant change. Change um, is one of our struggles, though, because it's uncomfortable. Anytime we go through change, it can be uncomfortable. Again, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We're kind of moving with whatever is changing, and we're trying to figure out where this is going to go, and that unknown scares us to death, and it can be very uncomfortable. But here's the deal. If we are never uncomfortable, we will never grow. We just won't do it. Samuel Chand, in his book, Leadership Pain, he actually had a formula that he used in this book that I thought was just so true. He said growth equals change. You have, to, you have to change if you want to grow. But then he said change equals loss because anytime you go through change, something gets lost, uh, whether it's a routine or, or things are stripped out of your life, you lose something. And because of that, loss equals pain. There's always pain involved. And so his formula pretty much just said growth equals pain. That's the way it is. And so I want to acknowledge right up front this morning that the pain of change is real. When we go through change, there's always going to be pain. There's always going to be a struggle. We're, we're going we're to experience that in the middle of it. And even in good change, we're going to experience pain. Uh, those of you that have been married, you know what I'm talking about because you are so excited. Like you, uh, you said, hey, we're going to plan out our wedding. We plan it maybe a year, year and a half out. You guys uh, got the venue. You, you spent all this time trying to figure out where you're going to live and what your life is going to be like. And then five years into it, it didn't go anything like you'd planned, right? Like, everything's different. It's hard when you're trying to, to do life with somebody else. When you've been doing life by yourself, you've been making all the decisions, and now you have to consider somebody else. And, and husband's trying to give yourself up for your wife like Christ gave himself up you know, for the church and, and all the things that were instructed in the Scripture. That's hard work. That takes a lot of work. It can be difficult. Even good change can bring about pain. And that's, that's a problem for us because we have this misconception that said as Christians that are following Jesus Christ and love, we love Jesus with all our heart, we shouldn't experience any pain, right? Like life should be comfortable. That's what we've been told. But yet Jesus himself said in John chapter 16, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows but take heart because I have overcome the world. He tells us straight up front, look, um, you're going to have trials and sorrows. There's going to be pain. He makes it very clear. You're going to have pain in life, even when you're following me. And somehow we, we disassociate that from this walk with Christ. And he goes, no, that's part of it. Why? Because in order to grow, you have to go through change. Change equals loss, and loss equals pain. Uh, John Henry said it this way. He said, to live is to change. To live well is to change often. And I know some of you, uh, this is adding a whole lot of anxiety to you right now, uh, because you just, you, you struggle with this, so you don't want it. But let me challenge you just a little bit and say, what happened, what would happen if you never changed? Like if life just stayed the same, what would happen? And some of you, I know you're like, oh, that would be so awesome. But I, I want you to know, um, I think you would get bored with it so quick. Uh, you, you would be so bored so fast if things didn't change. Uh, so many think that this would be a good idea, but it, it, I think it would stink. Uh, it it kind of reminds me of this last year, you know. Uh, we've been in quarantine and we've been isolated. I can't even tell you how many introverts in this church, introverts, by the way, those are people who really don't like other people, all right? Introverts who have come to me and said, I miss my church community. Man, through this whole thing, I I really realized how much I need my church community. I want to be together with people. I want to be part of my life group again. I want to to gather and I want to worship with my people again. And these are introverts. And I'm like, yeah, it'd be the same thing, I think, with change. It would be great. Things wouldn't change for a while. And then all of a sudden, we'd be like, you know what? It's time for some change. Uh, we, We need something more than this. And, and the reality is God wants us to change. He's constantly changing us. He's, he's pushing us out of our comfort zone to change. Why? To be more like him every day. He says it this way in 2 Corinthians. It says, So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are, what? Changed into his glorious image. See, it's not a matter of whether we're gonna experience change, but a matter of when. It's not about if, it's it's a matter of when. Why? Well, we established this in week number one. Change is inevitable. It's inevitable. It's gonna happen ready or not, whether you like it or not, it's gonna happen. The question isn't will change come, but the question is when will change come? How do we normally handle change? How do you normally handle change yourself? I think for many of us, we, we don't like it. We, we kick back. We, we're, we complain about it. We get frustrated with it. We get angry. We start to question, you know, why is this happening? Or why, why is this happening to me? And we look for a way out. We start feeling sorry for ourselves because things are changing. See, the problem with that is if we always see change as negative, we're going to struggle to get through this transition stage of change every stinking time every time we're just going to struggle and I don't want us to struggle anymore through change because I don't think we have to be afraid of it the problem is for many of us the the way we perceive change actually affects our response to change and think about the change that you've gone through maybe you're going through some right now and I just want you to think for a minute how do you see it when you realize things were going to change did you go oh no this is going to be so hard this is going to be so uncomfortable or were, were you the type of person that went, you know what, wow, fresh, something new, right? This, this is kind of exciting. See, uh, I think our perception of change affects the way that we respond to it. And here's what I want us to do today. Here's my whole goal today. I want us to rethink change. I want us to rethink it and, and actually look forward to it. I know some of you, that sounds so foreign, but I believe that this is what God has for us. Why? Because in Romans chapter 12, he tells us this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. See, there's great reward And changing, there's great reward in allowing God to do his work in us. It says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. So I want us to rethink change this morning. And and, and no matter how you view change this morning, here's the the reset. This is what I want you to think of when you think about change. I want you to think about growth. Change equals growth. Because there's two options that we have. When change sets in and we realize it's going to happen in our lives, we can either be reactive which I think many of us are because we, we are afraid of change. We don't like change. And so we find ourselves being reactive. And anytime we're reactive to change, uh, things don't go well for us, do they? When we find ourselves reacting, uh, responding, overreacting, kicking back against it, trying everything we can to resist it. But I think we can also respond in a better way. I think we can respond by being proactive. Like, like I want to challenge you to expect the unexpected in your life. Now, I know you can't plan for change, okay? You just can't, especially the change that you didn't choose and you didn't see coming. You can't plan for that, but you can predetermine your response to change. And if we rethink change, if we think about change equals growth, then anytime it presents itself, we can have a predetermined response to change. We can look for what God is going to do. We can proactively move into change, knowing that we have a God that's big enough to handle it and that He's doing something in it, and we can look for what God is going to do. And there can bring some excitement into that situation where normally we would be fearful. We can look for what God is going to do in the midst of change. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says it this way, therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. See change going the wrong direction. And then it says, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light And momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. So there's something more important at play here, and we miss it so often. We want to look for what God is doing in the midst of change. How is he changing us from the inside out? Not just for, for this life, but what is he doing in us? How is he preparing us for life with him eternal? And, and that's a great thing to be doing, is looking for what God is going to do. But I know for many of us, we want action. Like, give me, give me something I can do when I enter into change, that's going to help me. And so today I want to give you a point of action that I think is so critical for us as we approach change, as we enter into change. And as I've said all along in this series, if you're not in change right now, you're about to experience something. That's just where we're always at. That's the constant state of life. And so this point of action I want to give you is so practical and it's so easy to do, but it will set the stage for you and being able to predetermine your response to change. And so during change, I think one of your biggest jobs as you enter into change is to be able to distinguish what I can control and what I give to God. And what I mean by that is you have to to sit down and you have to figure out what are the things that are within my control? What are the things that I can do something about? And then what are the things that are outside of my control, the things that I can't do anything about? And the things I can control, I'm going to do something in those areas. But the, the areas where I have no control, I have no influence over, I have to be able to give those things to God. Uh, recovering addicts, they have this prayer that they say, it's called the serenity prayer, and it just simply says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And that's an amazing, simplistic prayer, but it is so powerful. Do you know why? Because it is a lot easier to fight your addiction when you're not also fighting the fact that your parents were monsters, that your life didn't turn out the way that you want, and you've lost everything. It's the only way that you can take the next step forward. Why? Because all that other stuff, It's done. There's nothing you can do to change it. It's over. It's, be, it's behind you. And so you have to move forward. And, and they have this prayer that helps them go, okay, what is it that I can control? And what is it that I can't control? And then I focus on the things that I can't control. Now, what are the things that you can control during unexpected change? Well, things like your emotions, judgments, maybe, maybe your perspective of the situation, maybe the decisions that you're making determination, saying, I am going to make it through this with God's help. Um, you, can, you have influence over those things. Those are things that you can control. What's not up to you? What are the things that are not within your control? Well, the weather, right? Can't worry about that. Uh, economy, recession, maybe it's, it's people's emotions, maybe disasters around you. Maybe it's the fact that your company downsized and you lost your job. Those are things that you cannot control, And so often, those are the things that we get so worked up over. Those are the things that we we burn a lot of time just worrying about. When unexpected change occurs, we worry about the things that we can't control. And that doesn't get us anywhere. Chad Wright is a former Navy SEAL, and, and uh, he's written a lot of stuff. He goes around the country just doing motivational speaking and stuff like that. And I highly recommend you listen to this guy, great Christian guy. He runs an organization called Three of Seven. But I heard him talking one time about big missions, big, like, bigger-than-life type things that you have to accomplish. And, and he likened it to climbing a mountain. And he said, if you have to make it to the peak of the mountain, he said, if you're standing at the base, it's daunting, and you'll just give up. Because the, the goal is too big, it's just way too much. And so he says, what you have to do is you have to focus on the thing in front of you. And he said, it might just be a tree, like the nearest tree, if I can just make it to that tree. And he said, you make it to that tree, and then you, you look up and you find the next one. And he said, maybe it's another tree, and you make it to that tree, and then maybe it's just the crest of a little hill. I'm going to make it to that, if I can just make it to that. And he said, you just keep conquering what's right in front of you. That's all you do. And pretty soon, you find yourself at the top of the hill. Um, turn over to Psalm 119. go to verse 105, Psalm 119:105. Uh, see, every ounce of energy that is directed towards the things that you can't control is wasted. And I say this for many of us in the room, because I know many of us, we stress, we worry. things haven't even happened yet, and we're already worrying. Anxiety levels are all-time all high, just with the, the hint of change, and we start losing our mind over all of it, things that we cannot control. And listen to me, please listen to me. If that's a struggle for you, these are the areas that you have to label as out of my control and you have to learn how to give these to God and this is your faith exercise. You have to learn how to trust God with those things because you can't control them. There's nothing you can do about them. Stop wasting energy on worrying about them and, and, and getting all worked up over it. Uh, focusing exclusively on the things that you can control is gonna give you hope. It's going to give you a focus on things that you can change in the middle of unexpected change. I I think about like if um, your company downsized and you lost your job. You can't worry about that. It's time to move on. You, you make a list of things that you, you can control and things that you can't and those things you give to God and, and then you start working on on the things you can't control. And what's the first thing? Maybe Maybe it's just... Getting your resume put together. Maybe it's putting out some applications. Maybe it's looking for that. I mean, those are the things you focus on. Stop wasting time on the stuff that you can't control. Being upset about the situation. Move forward. And you can handle change. You you can predetermine your response to change right here and right now. But you have to stay in the moment. You can only focus on the things that are right in front of you. You have to conquer what's right in front of you. The Bible is... Inspired, It's God-breathed. It's his direction for us, and, and it's a blessing. He gives that to us, and, and it's to help direct us in life. And I want you to see what the Bible has to say about itself, because right in the middle of the entire Bible, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the entire Bible, and it's, it's a chapter written about itself, like the Bible talking about the Bible. And, and it's just fascinating. And in, in 105, this is what it says, "...your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path." And the reason I bring this up this morning is this, because so often we want to know what's down the road. We want to know the unknown. And what God promises us is not to shine a light, clear down the tracks and show you the destination. He simply says, I'm going to show you what your next step is and you have to trust in me. This is where faith comes in. And he shows you that next step, and we take that step. And when you take that step, he, he illuminates the next one. And then you take that one, and then he gives you the next step, and you take that one. That's all you can do. And the stuff in the darkness and the stuff outside of what you can control, you have to give to him. You've got to trust him with it. Now, here's what I will tell you. If you've never done that before, this is a better way to live your life. So much better way to live your life. Because if you don't trust him with those things... You'll go crazy. You'll lose your mind worrying about all the stuff that you can't control. And when you rest in that, that God is big enough, he can handle it, and he's going to show you each step, and he's walking with you, and he's never going to leave you, you can find joy and peace in the middle of chaos when you live your life this way. We can only see what's in front of us. And that's all God's going to show us. Uh, Turn over to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. In this passage, Jesus is getting close to the end of his life. He knows what's about to happen. He knows he's going to the cross. He's about to give his life. He's going to go, and he's going to rise from the grave. All of this is about to happen, and Jesus knows it. And what he's trying to do in this passage, John 16, verse 20, is he's trying to prepare his disciples for the change that's about to come. They're about to experience some massive change. Not only is it going to change them, but it's going to change the world. And he's trying to prepare them for that. And and in John chapter 16, verse 20, he says this, I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of, of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. How can he say that? That that you're going to experience change. It's going to bring about sorrow. This is going to be so painful for you. But yet, it's going to turn to wonderful joy. There's going to be great joy in that. See, Jesus was telling them, look, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die. I'm going to rise again. I'm going to secure your redemption. I'm going to to offer you salvation in that. And what Jesus is doing in this moment is he is forever changing the way that his disciples see change. See, Jesus forever changed the way that we experience change. Because no longer do we have to worry about tomorrow. We don't have to worry about eternity. Regardless of what this life deals us, whatever tomorrow holds, God knows it already. And he's big enough to handle it And we are forever secure in His hands. We don't have to be afraid of change. And even though change is inevitable and it can be painful, uh, by knowing what is within our control and trusting God with the things that we can't control, we can see change as an opportunity for growth. Now, you don't have to be afraid of change anymore. We don't have to enter into change just hoping to survive it. When Before we were just trying to survive change, I think as we enter into change, with God's help, we can find ourselves, even in these crazy moments that seem to be completely out of control, we can find ourselves thriving through it with God's help. And that's my prayer for each and every one of us. Can I pray that for all of us? Would you join me? Heavenly Father, we come to you right now as a a God of everything, a God who knows what tomorrow holds, a God who um, directs our lives. Even if we can't see the next step, Lord, you know what it is. And, and God, we trust in you with the things that we can't control. God, I'm asking right now for those in the room that really do struggle with change. Their anxiety skyrockets. They, they struggle when anything um, adjusts, with any, uh, when anything changes, when anything fluctuates. They, they can't handle that. Lord, I pray that you would give them this assurance in their heart that you are bigger, and that you've got it. And God, I pray for peace for those who struggle with change. I pray that as they feel that change and that loss, that you would just minister to them. And Lord, I know we've got people in the room today who are going through massive change. Maybe it's a loss of a loved one. Maybe it's a broken relationship, whatever it might be. I pray that you would bring about your peace and your comfort. Even in their sorrow, even in their mourning, I pray that you would just minister to them. And God, I pray for each and every one of us that we would grow in our faith, that we would find a place that we would be actually looking forward to the next change. Because we know it's inevitable, we know it's coming, and we would look forward, not only to experience that, but to experience your presence and what it is that you're gonna do in and through that change. God, we give all these things to you. We ask that you would continue to use it to mold and shape us into people that look more and more like you. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said.